0: Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro seeding, hydromulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for the King's Men. If you'd like to contact the King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958, 931-243-3958, or you may email them at inc 2001 at TWX.net. That tkm inc tkminc2001 at TWX.net. The King's Men in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include but are not limited to road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660 or Three W's and a dot, sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I've always liked to draw and figured out at a pretty early age I could not just draw but make money drawing. Now, <laughs> A caveat on my drawing, I, I'm a cartoonist at best. A lot of my stuff is really heavy in line, so there's not these rendered photographic-looking pieces. But for some reason, some of my art is popular. You can find it uh, if you look at LonnieJones.org and, and click the uh, link to the art that I've done. You'll see you know, some of the watercolors that I did for Gunner's Nursery and some of the T-shirt designs that I have. M- my favorite pencil artist is a guy named Dick Kramer. Uh, He almost exclusively draws tactical pictures, uh, SWAT guys doing things. I've got lucky enough that the SWAT guys have bought me three pieces of Mr. Kramer's original art. I've even got one that he signed with a personal inscription. Um, My favorite caricature artist is a guy named Noah Stokes. He lives in Dalton, Georgia, and he's often depicting my son-in-law when he has a successful basketball season, which is almost every season. Uh, My youth minister at church... Uh, Matthew Moore, his wife Autumn, is an exceptional artist. And then there's Tiffany Brightwell, Brightwell Art, on Facebook. Uh, She did a a painting of our dog Oreo and gave it to us. And if you need a a, a puppy picture painted, uh, Tiffany is one of the best uh, dog painters or one of the best animal painters that, that I know of. My artwork is not that quality but i get by with it i started uh, selling artwork in school at an early age in fifth grade health class if you could draw the three-sided pyramid for the food pyramid that's a dollar a pop in sixth and seventh grade if you could draw davy allison's race car that's five dollars a sheet and so i learned that you could draw things that people couldn't draw and they'd pay you to draw stuff i was a cartoonist for the school newspaper the stinger and often featured my own superhero that Bobby Phillips invented, the uh, Amazing Adventures of Frogman. And then when I got to college, I was also drawing for the Bison, the uh, Harding University newspaper. Uh, I airbrushed prolifically. I sold lots of t-shirts and did murals on walls and things. As, As part of my work as a cartoonist for the newspaper, I created this little mouse. Now, Robert Swain actually helped me develop the character and and helped me learn to draw it. And uh, what I didn't realize is I used my mouse in my cartoons in a convention of theater known as the fourth wall. The fourth wall exists. So if you're looking at a stage and they're in a room, you can see three sides of the room, but the fourth wall is that wall between them and the audience. And that uh, extension is, is... the idea that the actors on stage aren't aware of the audience, and, and so they act as if there's this fourth wall separating them. Well, when you break the fourth wall, that's when the actor may address the, the audience in a, like a, an aside or a prologue or an epilogue or a soliloquy. Uh, that's not a word I typically use. <laughs> I ask a group of kids on a van one time. If they knew what a colloquial soliloquy was and blake stanley said i don't know what it is but i know what's going to be and i said what's that blake he said that's going to be some poor little kid's name one day and he may be right i've never met a colloquial soliloquy but i suspect it may get popular after this podcast what i ended up doing with this mouse that i used to draw would he would gnaw through the fourth wall, as it were. I would draw this cartoon, and often they were political cartoons, a character assassination for whatever mood I was in. And then at the bottom right or the bottom left hand corner would stand this uh, disheveled little mouse holding up a placard sign, like Wile e. Coyote flips out, you know, when he says bye bye and falls from the cliff. A- and and so the mouse would end up making a dry, satirical editorial statement that I couldn't depict in the in the actual cartoon, but he would break the fourth wall. He's a mouse, so he would gnaw through the fourth wall, and he got pretty popular. It, people began to, to associate me with the mouse. And so I drew it all the time in college. In fact, I drew it so much that uh, Jackie thought it'd be a good idea for it to be on my groom's cake. So I went over to the baker, and I traced out the mouse with a toothpick, and they decorated my groom's cake uh, with this mouse. And, and I had a good time drawing the mouse. I will maybe post a picture on Instagram of a drawing of the mouse if I can find it laying around somewhere. But we were at the church building late one night. And, uh, well, b- before we get to being at the church building, uh, Velvet Ridge Church of Christ got a new preacher. Now, when uh, I first moved to to Harding and was attending the church, they, they had different preachers. And this gentleman moved in from Coffeeville, Mississippi, a gentleman named Ed Burns. Ed was an insurance salesman, and he was a self-taught, self-educated minister. He taught himself to read and write in Greek, and he had this booming bass voice. He was a large man. When he walked into the room, his his presence was, was almost overwhelming. He would begin to preach in that booming voice, and he had this old evangelical style, and he would pace. He'd get out in the aisles, and he would make gestures with his hands. Jackie, at 17 years old, when this dude would start preaching, would (gasps) hold her breath, and when he would finish, you'd hear her go, (sighs) breathe out. Ed was famous for phrases such as, well, if you can't understand that, You're as hard-headed as a mentally deficient billy goat. And Brother Ed's did not use the term mentally deficient, but this is 2023, and we're not in Coffeyville, Mississippi, or Velvet Ridge, Arkansas, so we can't use what Ed actually used. Uh, I remember Ed one time would describe, well, I don't care if you've got enough faith that you could swing over hell on a rotten corn stalk with a water pistol. And those are kind of the things that you'd hear come out of Ed's mouth. Well, Ed would be preaching and trying to make some point, and, and a lot of his preaching was probably extemporaneous. He knew enough about the Bible and he knew enough about enough things that he could just decide to talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. Well, he'd get started and then decided he needed to make some illustration. And, and he kept this old chalkboard against the wall of the auditorium. And he'd stride out of the pulpit in those great big strides of his, and he'd wheel the chalkboard around, and then he'd do some kind of graphic or write Greek words all over it as he made his point. Well, we were at the church building late one night, doing some activity with the teenagers, and for whatever reason, I saw an unoccupied chalkboard. And I drew my little mouse on the chalkboard, as big as the chalkboard could contain it, and I stuck a sign in his hand, and it simply said, Hello, Dad, Brother Burns, and I spelled it in the Uncle Remus fashion. Hello, Dad, D-A-R-E, Brother, B-R-U-D-D-A, Burns. Hello, Dad, Brother Burns. And I drew it, and I thought, you know, hey, you know, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, he'll be goofing around the building and decide to reposition his chalkboard, and he'll find it, and he'll have a chuckle, and he'll erase it. Next Sunday morning rolls around. Brother Burns is up in the pulpit doing his thing. He gets animated about some point he's trying to make. And he's, well, let me illustrate it. And he strides out of the pulpit. And in his enthusiasm, he goes a little further than maybe he intended to. Typically, you take two steps out of the pulpit. You grab the north end of the chalkboard and you turn it and it faces the audience. Well, he made three steps out of the pulpit and he grabs the south end of the chalkboard And so he pulls it away from the wall opposite end and to my chagrin, there's this mouse with this sign that says, Hello there, Brother Burns. Now Ed is in full stride with the delivery of his lesson and he has not looked at the board yet because he's not ready to write on it yet. He's just snatched it off the wall. But instead of bringing the north end south, he brings the south end north and reveals the unerased mouse. Well, he's in the middle of, of his presentation, and the audience begins to laugh. And I mean not just giggle, but they just begin to laugh. Well, this breaks his stride, and he was almost uh, – you couldn't interrupt him. You, I mean, he, this guy's a professional speaker, and, and but he got rattled. And he looks around, and he sees the board. He grabs the eraser and he says, well, undoubtedly some Weisenheimer has traced his own reflection in the board. And then he erased the mouse and went on speaking. <laughs> the next week, he's preaching and he strides out of the pulpit and he grabs the board. He goes, I hesitate to move this board lest I find some kangaroo depicted upon it. <laughs> in, in drawing my mouse for Brother Burns, I really only intended for him to see it. I didn't intend for anyone to see it, but him, much less everyone, see it. But I I put that picture out there, and everyone saw it. Now, the board was erased, and it remains erased, and there's no proof of what went on that day other than the people who remembered, and, and, and Brother Burns has since passed away we live in a society where that's not that's not true anymore the things that you post the things that you put up the things that you put out there on social media the things your kids post whether it's comments or pictures it's things that they share or repeat it is possible those things live forever Now, maybe somebody will come along with something that that can erase or encrypt or delete, but it's not likely because nobody's really going to to take the time to find all those things. And although they may be minor things in the world scheme, some of those things could be pretty embarrassing to us or have a life of their own later on when an employer or an employee or a future spouse We live in a world where the things that we say on impulse and the things that we do in a moment of anger or the something that we do where we feel incredulous, it's not likely that they're ever erased, encrypted, deleted, or destroyed. But you know, not ranting about social media and not giving cautions to people about that. Something that's more permanent are our words and our deeds. Now, let me offer a caveat that I'm of the school of thought that other people's words only have the power that we give them. You, you, you get to choose, and, and we often are unconscious of the fact that we have that power. I often do a, a, a demonstration. In fact, we've got a new skit about it. But, but we often do a, a demonstration where I'll bring some kid out of the audience and we're talking about bullying or we're talking about communication. We're talking about difficult people. And I'll get a kid out of the audience and, and you know I'll tell him that I'm a, a therapist and I've got a master's degree and I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and I've got training under Courtney Armstrong in uh, trauma-informed hypnotherapy and I've, I've been trained with John Conley with rapid resolution therapy. And, and I, I do some neuro linguistic programming, and I'm I'm gonna affect the way he thinks about broccoli. And a kid will argue with you till the sun goes down that he doesn't like broccoli, and you can't make him like broccoli. I can do the same thing with a Tennessee fan. Get a guy on stage and say, "We're going to change the way you feel about Tennessee, whether you like them or whether you hate them." And if you're a, a Tennessee fan, I can't make you not be a Tennessee fan. And if you're not a Tennessee fan, I can't turn you into one. And and these people will argue with me in spite of my education, in spite of my expertise and in spite of my track history of helping people deal with their thoughts, and and I can't change the way they feel about Tennessee, and I can't change the way they feel about broccoli, but you let the ninth grade bully whose only credentials are he's insecure, mean, and stupid, or, or a mean girl decide that she's going to ostracize your seventh grade daughter. And they call them stupid or ugly or scared or worthless. And they'll believe it. Or even if they don't believe it, they'll at least be afraid that it's true. And then they'll live their lives acting like it's true. No, you see, the words other people speak really only have the power we give them. But not everybody's mature enough to handle that. Not everybody has lived with the experiences of self-confidence and and, and other people helping them to realize that you really can't be controlled by what other people say. And and, and so what happens is the things that we say about people and the things that we do in people's lives, they are permanently inscribed on their hearts. Now, Now really, it is up to them to give them that power, But like I say, everybody's not that mature. Everybody's not that secure. And and so the things that we say and the things that we don't say, I'm proud of you, I love you, I miss you, I need you. The the things that we do or the things that we don't do, we don't give people our time, we don't give people our attention, and then they don't believe they can ask for our help. You see, the things that we do in people's lives are permanent. And so please try to live a life that, that you you don't want to inscribe things in people's lives that, that need to be erased. You, you see, whether or not they have power in somebody's life is, is probably an individual thing. But the words and the deeds, words said, words unsaid, deeds done and deeds not done actually have an unintended permanence in the lives of other people And, and we draw pictures for people in their lives of how important they are or not important they are and it may be their fault for misinterpreting what we did or didn't say or do or didn't do but try to be intentional and give people a picture of themselves that if everybody else accidentally saw it, you would not be embarrassed for having drawn it. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ centered approach to spiritual self esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Real, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure.